Hello and welcome to the Hibs Observer post-match debrief from Hibs 1 Celtic 2. Uh, a mixed night for Hibs really, uh, wasn't it Patrick? I mean, a good performance, much, much better um, than what we saw against St Mirren at the weekend. Um, but I mean, it's you know, you're not going to catch anybody at Easter Road celebrating a defeat and certainly the manner of it was, was a hard one for Hibs to take. Two penalties. Um, for Celtic, one right at the beginning of the game and then one right at the very end um, after consultation VAR. So it's it's one of those ones where it's certainly a kick in the teeth for Hibs and Nick Montgomery and I think you could really tell afterwards that he was kind of, he was not frustrated with the performance, really um, proud of the performance he said, but you could tell there was a real sort of frustration um, in his sort of demeanour and his voice about just how it, it turned out in the end because I mean, I think it was pretty much unanimously agreed that I don't think Hibs deserved that outcome last night, did they? No, not at all. It was The performance was night and day from, from the weekend against St Mirren. I think obviously the, the big questions, once you've once you've looked at all the good bits, has to be why can't they do that in every game? It can't be a case of we've got a big game under the lights in midweek, so you know we'll raise our game against like a, a big opponent. That has to be the benchmark for every single game. Going forward, and I think to be fair, that's that's what Nick Montgomery is is after. That's what he wants. That's what he's trying to drill into the players. And you know, you have to imagine that if if Hibs play like that against you know any other Scottish Premiership opponent, if they play like that on Saturday in Inverness, then you know the second half of the season could actually end up being you know a heck of a lot more different than than it was looking sort of five to five on Saturday afternoon. But I mean, just so so much to like from the performance. So much. Um, in the way of, of change for for good, um, obviously having Martin Boyle and Lewis Miller back made a big a big difference. To be fair, Montgomery's been banging the drum for weeks now. He says you know having those players back will make a difference. Um, certainly showed that last night. Um, but even even sort of players coming in like Nathan Mariah Welsh, who I think looks to be the midfielder who Hibs have been missing for a good number of seasons now, and even players who. Yeah, I mean, we we did our predicted lineups before the game, or what we thought the team might be, and you know, very easy to look at Saturday's performance and say, you know, get him out of the team, put him on the bench. But in fairness, you know, there were players who I think it was a surprise to see them starting, and you know, whilst it wasn't a kind of perfect performance, I think Dylan Dylan Levitt, despite his goal, um, you know, did seem to struggle to begin with, and you know, it has to be a confidence thing. But in fairness to him, you know, he kind of grew into the game. Um, even before the goal, he was taking a lot from his strike. And I was a wee bit surprised when he took him off for, for Luke Amos, but I can kind of understand the, the logic. Um, and obviously, you know, we'll drill down into the game and its incidents in, in greater detail throughout the course of this. But I think just my sort of main takeaway was that it's the first time in a long time that it's actually been enjoyable watching Hibs play. And yes, they got mm-hmm. beaten and they probably didn't deserve to get beat. And they had plenty of chances they didn't take. I mean, you could reel them off, you know, Will Fish, Lewis Miller, Martin Boyle, um, Zani Maulida. You know, so many chances that they, you know, I mean, they could probably have scored four or five and it wouldn't have been outrageous. And, you know, that has to be that has to be a good thing going forward. And you would hope that the the players and the squad as a whole can take a lot of confidence from a lot of confidence from the performance, but also the man of the defeat might also serve as as something of a I kind of you know, like galvanise them and just think, you know, the, the injustice or the perceived injustice of how it went down, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think could also sort of help them kick on, give them a platform um, to sort of, you know, 
basically pick up where they left off, ideally, um, when they when they play Inverness at the weekend, and if they can get a good result there, um, and you know, just kind of get things back on an even keel and, and go from there. Yeah. I mean, as much as it was a good performance, um, it was the worst possible start um, to a game, really, that you could you could imagine. Um, I remember looking at the clock, and there was, I think we were about maybe two and a half minutes in, and I don't think Hibs had touched the ball. Um, I mean, uh, it's not like, you know, Celtic looked immediately threatening. It was just, like, I think in those, those first couple of minutes, Hibs were penned in, and you were thinking, right, is this going to be, you know, the way that this game's going to pan out, is it going to be, you know, a kind of attack the defensive exercise? Has, you know, the defeat at the weekend and the manner of it just, you know, convinced Nick Montgomery that we need to, you know, dig in and just try and get out of here where we are now. Obviously, it didn't pan out that way um, over the 90 minutes, um, which I think is obviously to the manager's credit. But just to just to take some of these incidents in uh, chronological order, um, the penalty given away, it's Nectar Triantis. He's just... It's it's an honest attempt to, to play the ball, isn't it? It's just Alistair Johnston's got, got in there first, and I think it's the the force with which he's he's then he's clattered into him. I think just on a side note, Alistair Johnston he's not got much luck at Easter Road. I, I seem to remember him getting uh, taken off with a head injury the last time he came up. Um, so he's not it's not been a, a particularly great um, venue for him. Um, I think I think it happened right last out. time against Tibbs as well. Yeah, I uh-huh. had not at Celtic Park. Like so, just every time he plays Hibs. Yeah, every time he plays Hibs. <laughs> um, I mean, we can laugh about it because I think he is, he is as far as we know, he is all right. Because uh, he, he looked kind of out of the game a wee bit when he was getting taken mm-hmm. off, and then obviously there was a long delay uh, between that and the the penalty being taken. Adam Ida uh, sending David Marshall the wrong way. So, what did you did you have any complaints about the the first penalty incident? I know it's it, you know you kind of try and gauge the you know, the feeling online and it does seem a wee bit split. I, I mean, I, I can understand sometimes, you know, people looking at it as, you know, potentially just being a, a coming together and a, a head knock, but I can actually also understand the other um, side of it that, that Triantis, he is a bit late. You know, Johnston wins the ball first and he's he's taking him out. How did you how did you see that one? I think it's it's one of those situations and I feel like we say this about a lot of, a lot of fouls, a lot of penalty incidents in particular these days, that given the way the rules have gone in 2024, if that happens in the box, then it should be a penalty sort of every time it happens. It doesn't always happen like that. I'm not sure it would have been given as a penalty a few years back, unless it was a you know, particularly stringent referee. I, I do think I do think Nectar Triantis is unlucky. Um, I think it is an honest attempt to play the ball, but at the same time, it's it's still a foul. He is late. He you know, absolutely wallops him. I mean, it was, you know, you're, even though we're quite far away from um, from the, the penalty box in the in the sort of press seats, it is you know it, it did look quite sickening at the time, and there was obviously a, a bit of concern for for both players. Um, and certainly, when you look at the size difference between Triantis and Johnson, that was you know, perhaps not surprising that Johnson came off worse than that. Um, and you know, as you were saying, sort of quite quite sort of good that he is. You know, he was taken to hospital, but did you know did sort of recover enough to to be able to post on social media and say that he was okay, but. I just think when that when that happens in the box, it's no surprise when it's a penalty. Is it going to get given as a penalty all the time? Probably not. Should it be going by the rules? Yes. So I don't I don't think you can although you can have any complaints. I don't. I know there were some complaints from the Hibs players at the time, but I mean I think you know we've got the benefit of seeing seeing it back on replays, and I think it just yeah. I mean it's it's 
would you call it a stonewaller? Probably. I think it's it's not really there wasn't really much for debate there for me. Yeah. Um, with the caveat that you know, once upon a time it might not have been, but the way the game is now, then you know, I think every every time that happens, it is going to be it is going to be a spot kick. Um, and you know, you do you do kind of feel for Triantis because he had a difficult debut against St Mirren, gave away a penalty and was suspect for one of the other goals. Um, you know, and then he's given away another penalty four minutes into this game or whatever it was. And I think that he probably deserves credit for the way he he kind of put that sort of behind him and I thought he really grew into the game and you know I mean he's, he's obviously not the finished article he is he is quite raw he is quite um you know there, he has obviously got a lot to learn but you I think you could see signs last night of why Montgomery was so keen to bring him in and why he sort of earmarked him as you know if if not the missing piece of the jigsaw in, in defense you know a sort of stopgap at the very least um until the summer just somebody who can you know play the way that he wants him to play um understands what's expected and you know i thought along with will fish that you know the pair of them had a difficult time at the weekend but you know given given that they're both just 20 they haven't played an awful lot of first team football compared to you know some of the some of the other players in the park last night i thought they really really grew into the game and it was you know a pretty pretty solid performance against you know the likes of uh adam and kyogo furiashi when he came on you know you look at it and say Celtic didn't score from open play so you know that's you know it's maybe a testament to how well they did, but yeah, for the for the first penalty, I, I don't I don't really think there's don't really think there's much up for debate. Yeah, I mean, at first, like a young defender's challenge, isn't it? That maybe is yeah. like he's he's been he's gone in full blooded, and it's it's one of those if you if you don't time it to absolute perfection, then I think the outcome is is then pretty inevitable. But I've got to agree, I think he did. He did grow into the game because you are kind of feeling the worst after that. You know, he's a kind of young guy. He's made you know, you know, he's given away a second penalty in two games. It's four minutes in against you know against the, the Premiership champions. You're thinking, is he going to be in for a, a long night here? But I think you do have to. He did. He, he did settle, um, and I think you, as you said, you can see what it, you know, Nick Montgomery likes about him. Um, he's not afraid to take the ball, um, and I think he got better in possession as well as defensively as the as the game. Yeah, uh, moved on. You can actually see he's got a, he's got a decent range of passing. Um, he wasn't scared to try and switch the play. He wasn't scared to you know to step in um, with the ball and carry it forward when he had to as well. So I mean, you think as well as you know being a, a performance that the team can build on. Certainly, a player like Jansen who hasn't had the, the the easiest of introductions to Scottish football. Um, if he you know he removes one. Uh, well, if he forgets about the first four minutes of that game, you know, I think he can be pretty pleased with his night's work, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully that's something that will settle him because he does. He was always going to need a bit of time, you know. Uh, you know, twenty years old, having he's only made a you know couple of appearances for Sunderland in the Championship. It's a big jump um, from then playing in their under twenty threes to coming up here and um, to all the kind of the rigors of Scottish football. So I mean, uh, there, there were promising signs there, and I think I mean you're kind of in general. Celtic go one nil up after four minutes, with, and then just with Saturday's performance and still kind of a bit too fresh in the memory, you're thinking mm. you're kind of maybe fearing the worst at this point. But and Hibs, they could have, you know, they could have, you know, capitulated at that point. But I didn't even really get a sense after the first goal that they were even rattled as such. Um, they kind of steadily built their way into the game, and there was, uh, you know, you kind of go from. You're kind of in that sort of feeling the worst mode um, because of the goal, because of what's happened before, and then it takes you a wee while to realise actually, Hibs are actually playing quite well here. Um, 
it's the second half of this, sorry, as the first half moved on, it wasn't the siege that um, the first couple mm. of minutes made it look as though it could be. Hibs were kind of grown in confidence and possession. I don't think, I think Celtic press was a wee bit all, all, over the, all over the place at times. Just let me try to get my words out. Uh, <laughs> it's early, it was a late night. Um, yeah, and I think that helped. Um, and you could see the sort of confidence building in Hibs the more they were able to pass out, the more they were able to get into Celtic's half. And I think all that was really missing from that first half um, was a goal to show for it because, you know, they did come back into the game and Ellie Yuan had that that brilliant chance, didn't he? And it's, I think it might have been, was it Liam Scales in the end who got something on it to send it over the bar? But it, it, it kind of looked as though, to me, it looked as though Yuan did snatch at it a wee bit. Yeah, and I think understandable given... Given the way he's been playing recently, I think it's he, he is that kind of inconsistent player that you you never really know what you're going to get with him. But you know, even though he did, I mean, he did stink the place out a bit on Saturday. It was probably his worst performance in a hip shirt, and you know, like I think like a lot of fans would have been would have been quite surprised to see him in the starting lineup, given given how well uh, Eliza Mienda did when he came on. You had Misani um, Maulida as well. But uh, you know, fair play to him. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a finished performance. It wasn't it wasn't sort of it wasn't the Elliot Yuan that we know and have seen previously. But it was an improvement on Saturday. I think he he does need to learn to stop shirking some of those fifty fifties. I think he he does have a I'm not gonna not gonna say the word um, before the watershed, but he does have certain tendencies when it comes to fifty fifty challenges. And you think, don't pull out of it, don't pull out of it. He's pulled out of it. Um, and I think just you know, if he's if he's a confidence player, and I think he probably is, then you know you can understand. Given the way the Saturday went, then you know there is going to be that pressure and think, oh, I've got the ball in front of goal, and I need to stick it, and I need to stick it. And you can end up overthinking it. Um, and you know, it's it's one of those where if he'd scored in like the previous two games, then maybe he just kind of passes it into the net. Maybe he takes his time. I think he probably had more time than he thought. Um, yeah. But I think it was just the, the way Hibs were playing last night. I mean, you know, there was a time after Celtic went one up where they were just kind of passing the ball around, and you know, it, it was they feel a bit like a training game. It was quite pedestrian. Um, so a few fans in front of us getting quite exercised and, and wanting him to kind of get their faces a bit more. But you know, it, it was. I think sometimes, like one of the criticisms of the way Montgomery wants him to play is that it can be quite kind of ponderous at times as they sort of build from the back. But I thought it was. It was a lot more. It was a lot quicker last night. There was a lot more kind of, you know, just like the passing, passing sequences, or as you were saying, Triantis sort of switching the ball. It was. It did feel like there was a bit more tempo to it, um, and you know, it's, it's maybe just partly that. Just the, you know, just everything's like 100 miles an hour. You want to, you want a reaction from Saturday. You know how important it is to try and get uh, points on the board. So you know, it's it's just. I think it's one of those that if it followed somebody else, if you know, we didn't have the previous game going the way it did, then maybe it ends up um you know with a different outcome. But to be honest, it happened it happened a lot during the game. Um the Hibs had a lot of chances, like I was saying earlier, they had a lot of chances. And on another game, on another day, sorry, they all go in. Um you know, but it's just one of those one of those nights where it wasn't to be and then mm-hmm. you know, I think that was perhaps why Dylan Levitt's goal was all the more surprising, partly because it came from uh, it came from Dylan Levitt, partly because it came from outside the box as well. 
I mean, it feels like when you watch him playing under Montgomery, there does seem to be this this kind of right, you know, work the ball into the box and then shoot. And that seems to be, I think, that's what the last the last three goals um, have come from. Sort of, have come from outside the box. Um, you know, the, the two the two Kilmarnock and then then obviously the one last night. So you know, maybe maybe there is something in in sort of shooting on site. But um, yeah, I, I think just to just go back to you, Anne, I think. He's that sort of player where even even if he's had a stink of the previous game, you think it's it's always worth playing him just on the off mm-hmm. chance. Um, and I, I do think he needs to be more consistent. I think he needs to be able to put it all together. There's times where he just I think he's actually said this himself. He said it in a in a, a post match press conference um, in the second half of last season. But sometimes he just kind of drifts out of games mentally. Like you know, fair play from up like that. But at the same time, you think how why. <laughs> Which you know maybe maybe explain some of the things that happens when you know he's he's trying to do step overs in the eighteen yard box when he should just mm-hmm. be like hitting it to Rose Ed to clear the danger or like on Saturday when he gets that pass from Marcon Des and it just kind of goes behind him and he just it was like a I don't know it was like a video game character malfunctioning and just you know yeah. like that going to go for that so <laughs> but you know like we keep saying he's he's that sort of player if he could put it all together if he was doing it on a regular basis then he wouldn't be at hips so. And when you look at you look at what he's contributed in terms of goals and assists this season, I think he's still he's still mm-hmm. up there, maybe maybe top if not there or thereabouts. So you know, a hugely frustrating figure. And I mean, I I kind of went through him uh, in in our our debrief from from Saturday's game because I thought he was I do believe one of the focal points in this Hibs team, and you need much more from him on a regular basis. And he's obviously got the talent to do it. He's obviously got the skill. He's obviously got the ability, and it's just that. Feels like that sort of like the mental part, the psychological part of just thinking, you know, I need to be able to put this all together for 60, 65 minutes and sort of show what I'm about. I mean, he's obviously got lofty ambitions of progressing his career and the way things are going, he's not, you know, he's not going to be progressing anywhere else anytime soon. Um, yeah. So, you know, you need you need more from you, Annie. He was, he was unlucky last night with that chance. Um, I still... I still think he was probably only about a six, six and a half out of ten if we're doing player ratings. Um, but you know, on the plus side, definitely an improvement from from Saturday. And I think just having certain players back, like Martin Boyle, Lewis Miller, it does sort of bring the best out of other players as well. So you know, you would hope that maybe with a bit more consistency, with you know, what's more of a kind of first choice eleven, um, you know, now that players are back from injury, international duty, then we might start seeing the view out of old. But I mean, it was. It did. It did look the kind. Of, it did look like the kind of chance it was easier to mm-hmm. easier to, to miss than, than to score. Um, so you know, if anyone was going to make it more difficult than it needed to be, it was going to be. It was going to be Emily Yuan. Well, the goal did come eventually, um, and I think we'll, we can touch on the goal itself um, in a moment. But I just think it, it came from you know a, a period where you could see that the belief was growing um, in the Hibs team. Um, it always seems to like. Happening in games against Celtic and Rangers, where if teams can you know limit them for a, a certain amount of time, you, you just kind of you just slowly see that belief manifesting itself. That right, we can go and have a go at them here. We can we can, there's something in this for us, and you can certainly see that um, uh, in Hibs as the, as the game progressed and the crowd were certainly getting a sense of it as well. Um, it's you know it's it was in terms of atmosphere. Just as a, a, a brief point, you know it was night and day compared to Saturday. Um, the atmosphere for the most part was really good, really positive. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's natural, isn't it? Fans react to what they see from the the players on the park, and they were they were being given something to get behind last night. Um, and I think 
you know, it, the goal then stems from keeping Celtic at bay for so long, and then that belief starts to kind of manifest itself. I thought this, you know, Hib's shape was so much better last night. Um, it was more of a switch to a sort of kind of four-three-three, um, which a lot of people have been crying out for for a while, and it, it did. It suited that game. I think uh, instead of you know, obviously Marcondes missing out with a knock, um, instead of just putting Dylan Levitt into the the number ten role and keeping it the same, he, it wasn't quite. You know, you had. You had Dylan, as he did in the, the 0-0 draw against Celtic early in the season, you had Dylan Venti trying to do a job on uh, Callum McGregor. I think Joe Newell was certainly tasked with keeping an eye on Matt O'Reilly um, at certain points, and I thought both of them did that really well. I thought yeah, O'Reilly indeed. in particular um, was kind of on the periphery for quite a lot. And he's, he, he's perpetual motion, O'Reilly, as well, so it's not like he's, you know, just one of those guys who checks out of games and, you know, is, is not trying to really influence it. He, he's constantly on the move. Mm-hmm. And I think to keep him as quiet as Hibbs did was a testament to how much the, you know, the shape worked. You had um, sort of Mariah Welsh and Levitt stepping out to uh, to press when he did it. And, you know, you had... Venti and Newell, who I think were given quite specific jobs, um, and it, it just looked—it look, just looked much more organised. Um, of course, it's—it's it's it's different, maybe, from what we're going to see going forward, where Hibs need to then show that you know when the onus is on them to make things happen in the game, you know, they're not quite the you know the the dominant force in terms of possession that they can mm-hmm. um, that they can do better that way. Um, but I suppose that's a separate discussion. Um, but just coming to to Levitt's goal, it was it was a good moment for him. I mean, you you could see in his play. I, I mean, to me, he, he looks like the classic case of a a guy who has who has talent, but he's he is a wee bit short on confidence. Um, you can you can see it. I feel like you can see it when he's he's on the ball. Sometimes he, he maybe overthinks things and then waits a split second too long. But then there was times last night where I felt like he was maybe trying to get rid of it. When he mm-hmm. had time, and I feel like those are maybe the hallmarks of a guy who's who's not quite playing um, with you know a kind of hundred percent self belief. But then the goal comes, and it's it's it, it was one of those moments where he didn't have time to think about it. You know, the ball's just dropped at his feet, and he's he swung a leg at it, and you know he's got that in his locker. You've seen it. You yes. know, he's, he, he has yeah. got lovely he's lovely technique when he strikes the ball, and it's it's one of those ones because of the role he's been playing. You know he's he's dropping in and taking the ball from the centre backs, and you know Hibs have maybe then struggled to to link and thread attack and the um, sorry midfield and attack together at times. It's I think because of that you, we've just not seen him in those positions as often as you would like, really. Because I mean it, it was so obvious last night, and it's been you know he's shown it in his career um, since he came up to Scotland. He is such a threat from those positions, isn't he? Yes, and it's it's been probably a source of, of frustration for Hibs fans that they maybe haven't seen what he is truly capable of. And, you know, you, there's a number of factors for that. You've got a change in manager, you've got a change in, in style. He had the injury as well. And, you know, he's obviously been tasked with, along with Joe Newell, you know, just with kind of keeping that midfield together for what feels like quite quite a long time. Um, you know, obviously there were, there were times when Jimmy Jago was coming off the bench Um you know, to kind of relieve one of them, but there wasn't there wasn't really a whole lot else, you know, because you didn't have you didn't have the likes of Mariah Welsh, who you know was, I mean, just really really good. Like we said, midfielder have been missing. Kind of put himself about. He was everywhere. Um, you know, there were times when he'd sort of he'd be in the middle of the park and then he'd pop up at left back, and you just think, how you know how did that happen? Like where? <laughs> 
it just didn't seem you know didn't seem to be enough time for him to get there, but he did. Yeah. And I yeah, I really liked what I saw from him. I think he's you know he's got that sort of drive. He's got that box to box energy. I mean, Montgomery described him as having infectious energy, and I get that from from last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also he's he's like you know he's a little bit chippy as well. I quite like that. He was you know he was in the referee's ear. He was kind of asking well not asking about decisions, complaining about decisions. Politely <laughs> inquiring. Yeah, politely inquiring. Um, Hibs, Hibs need a player like that though, don't they? They, they, they do. Yes. They need a bit of nastiness. They do, and that, that's that's been like one of the biggest criticisms of Hibs the this season. I think that there is. I mean, I don't think it's quite as bad as when Neil Lennon kind of accused them all of being a kind of boy band, and obviously a lot of the players have changed since then, but. <laughs> You know, you, you kind of need. I think teams benefit from having a player in the midfield who can do that. You know, like Aberdeen have it with Graham Shinney. That's you know the example. Celtic had it with Scott Brown. Just that sort of player who gets in the referee's face, like you know, asks about decisions. You know, complains, does this, does that. Kind of it gets at the opponents as well. There were a couple of times mm-hmm. he was, um, he was having a wee bit of a go at, at Maeda in the first half. There was someone else who he, you know, was having a wee bit of a go at in the second half, and that's. You know that not only do you need that sort of thing, that sort of character, if you like, in a team, but it also meant it also kind of freed Levitt and, and Newell up a bit more to kind of focus on their game rather than you know what they have been doing recently, which is almost kind of like trying to hold the team together from from the middle of the park. And you know, I, I think I think you're right when you say that Levitt did. It, you know, when he started off, and it's just you could actually hear the howls from from the supporters when you know there was a misplaced pass or. You know, he intercepted, but then didn't follow up on the second ball, and just you know, there was a lot of it. And you just thought this this guy is just absolutely empty of confidence, and, and you know, you can understand that that it's things haven't really been going his way, mm-hmm. especially on Saturday. I mean, you're hooked at half time, and and quite rightly so. I don't I don't think even even Levitt's biggest fan would look at his performance on Saturday and say, yeah, I can see why he was taken off. It was. You know, I think I think the frustrating thing is that you know what he's capable. Of. It's a, it's a similar story with Yuan, to be honest. And you know, I'm not suggesting that Hibs is becoming this sort of um, kind of sanctuary for players who have the talent but can't quite put it together. Um, but you know, it's just you know he's got the talent, you know he's got the ability, and I think it's very easy to point the finger at players and say you should be doing more, like you should be showing more of what you're capable of. But sometimes it can be down to you know if the manager's telling them to do. Uh, a certain thing or play a certain way and sometimes just the players around them and I think having Mariah Welsh in there are we going to see a 4-3-3 more often going forward it would make sense if we've got the players to do it mm-hmm. um, this, this kind of 4-4-2 I know it wasn't a kind of like Bassett 4-4-2 but <laughs> you know it didn't seem to be getting the best out of a lot of players and you know I think I speak for Probably speak for a lot of Hibs fans would say it'd be quite nice to see Dylan Benny playing as a centre forward sometime again soon. It'd be quite nice to see, you know, Martin Boyle sort of sticking out in the right wing going forwards, and you know Dylan Levitt being, you know, given a chance to show what he he can do in midfield because he's not being asked to do a sort of second job because you've got Mariah Welsh who can do that, and you know a great great bit of business by Hibs getting him on a permanent as well mm-hmm. rather than just yeah it looks kind like of short term short term deal until the summer a loan deal or whatever. Um, you know, you've obviously got Luke Amos who can come on, and the midfield's gone from being like an absolute kind of fright show at times in terms of like a lack of bodies and energy and legs to you know actually now looking a bit more beefed up and a bit more, um, just a bit more solid, I think. And you know, Amos seems like one of those players who can can come on, and he's obviously not already a star just yet. But he can come on, he can shore things up. Um, Mariah Welsh obviously is that kind of all action 
box to box. Joe Newell, Joe Newell. I mean, aside from aside from the penalty that he gave away last night, I thought it was a, a really good performance by him. Um, you know, sometimes accused of hiding in big games. I don't think that could be levelled at him last night. But I think, you know, we're talking about Dylan Levitt, and I just think you would hope that scoring that goal has probably given him like a huge confidence boost. And if you can combine that with being allowed to sort of play more the way he wants to play, having Mariah Welsh in there should hopefully allow him to keep doing that. So I think it's, you know, you've gone from thinking, you know, he shouldn't be starting against Celtic to now thinking, you know, it'd be quite exciting to see what he can do now that the kind of shackles are off a little bit, now that he's got an extra body in there to help out. And I thought it was noticeable that when he was, he did kind of get pushed further forward, um, you know, just before he scored the goal and, and shortly afterwards. And I know he's not your sort of classic number 10. We had fans who said, you know, he's a 10, get him in there as a playmaker. But he's not that sort of player, but he does seem to come alive in those sorts of positions. We saw it at Dundee United. And, you know, it, Montgomery has been kind of hinting at this for a while that, you know, you're kind of, it's, it's makeshift. But it's been makeshift for so long with players out injured, players in international duty. I think with players coming back now, if we can start seeing more of that, then it will be more of a Montgomery team. And we'll start seeing more from players who, you know, maybe haven't haven't really sort of played to the best of their ability so far. But in some cases, you know, perhaps that's not been entirely down to them. So, you know, great strike. He's off the mark for Hibs, and you know, you would hope that you would hope that he's able to contribute a bit more from from midfield uh, between now and the end of the season. Um, certainly, if he can hit a ball like that, then you know, he is he is going to get those chances if he gets up at those positions. So. Um, yeah, I mean, heck of a turnaround from, you know, another just, I mean, pretty woeful performance against St Mirren to start it off. And, and probably, I mean, if it's not too harsh, I'd say he was maybe the weak, the weak link in the Hibs team uh, in the first part of last night's game, um, which is maybe understandable, as we've been saying. But he certainly, like so many of his teammates, grew into the game. And, you know, that's, I think, laterally, we probably saw the Dylan Levitt that, you know, Hibs signed. Um, rather than the one we've seen playing, so bodes well for the future if he can, you know, keep keep on doing that sort of thing. If he can keep playing with that sort of freedom, newfound freedom, then yeah, I think it could be, uh, you know, could end up being like a, a really good, a really good bit of business rather than you know fans standing around thinking why why is he being brought in? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should certainly give him a um, an injection of belief. Uh, you would think. Um, I mean, in terms of belief, you know, it, it, it certainly gave him a real jolt um, getting that goal when he did. And there was a there was a kind of sustained period afterwards where it looked as though there was only one team that were going to get the second goal. Um, chance after chance. Uh, I think the one that can obviously sticks out is, is Malida's effort uh, just because it was, you know, the kind of spectacular overhead. And it's, it's one of those where he's caught it really. Cleanly as well. Um, yes. It's one of those. I know this is a pure classic, you know, commentator thing to say, but you know, he's he's hit it too well, almost as they say. Like if he, if he's classic, it goes down. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, if, if if it's anywhere either side of Joe Hart with that, um, uh, with the pace that he got on it, then it's definitely a goal. I think he's you no know, the goal he's done. He's done well enough to to react and and uh, and get his hands up. But I think if it's, it's if it's a bit either side of him, uh, maybe into the far corner, then he's got a you know he's got a real problem. Um, I thought just you know before we talk about the other chances, I think um, Malida made an impact when he came on last night. Um, 
you know, Dylan Venti certainly, you know, he knocked his pan in. Um, he'd been given a job to do. And again, it's probably it's a sort of personal sacrifice as to, you know, how much of a threat he can be when he's, you know, he's always got one eye on Callum McGregor. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Mazzani came on and it maybe took the shackles off him a wee bit. Um, he's, he's He seems to have made particularly good impacts uh, in the games where he's come on and he's had a bit of space to attack. Um, you know, he had that against Kilmarnock. I, I, I can't remember, forgive me, I can't remember if he came on before or after they went down to 10 men. But certainly, you know, for a chunk of his, his subs appearance against Kilmarnock, he had space to exploit, to run into, and that's obviously what he did for his goal. Um, mm-hmm. Last night, um, again, he, he gave Celtic real kind of trouble just by spinning and trying to get in behind. I think it was it was maybe Stephen Welsh that got booked for dragging him down um, after he'd, he'd spun in behind. He was pressing high. He, he just he gave um, he just added a different dimension at a good time in the game as well. I, th- I feel like it was a good time to bring him on um, when you're starting to have that bit more of a go. If you can have somebody there who's just going to offer you a bit more of a sort of direct option. Um, so I was I was quite impressed with him, and I think you know he kind of maybe needs to. <laughs> The next thing for him is to you know kind of then translate that sort of impact into a starting performance because obviously that's why he's been he's been brought in um, to make an impact between now and the end of the season. So obviously he had that effort. Uh, Lewis Miller had the one brilliant. Was it Joe Newell that put the ball across? Joe Newell, yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant pass. Like because it's not just a hit and hope into the box that you know he's picked him out. Um, even Will Fish. <laughs> popped up in the, the box where it was one of those ones where you, it looked as though the opportunity was gone because I think him and somebody else kind of sort of got in each other's way a wee bit and then mm-hmm. he's recovered well to swivel and it's just went past the post and it's, I think like as much as it was like, you know, this is good from Hibs, you know, this is much better in terms of chance creation, in terms of being positive and aggressive but you did get that, I don't know about you you did get that nagging feeling that you know if one of these doesn't go in then there's a chance that they're going to they're going to end up regretting it. That, that was, I don't know about you, but that was certainly the feeling I got. Yeah, I think it's. I think <clears throat> I think we said in the sort of early days of, of Montgomery's tenure that the way they were playing initially, you thought, oh, you know, if Hibs can put it all together for ninety minutes, then somebody's going to get a real do it. Um, you know, we're still waiting, but you know, I think <laughs> that it's it's frustrating because you sort of see that like all the components are there. That you know, it's it's just that like. I mean, I was talking about when Joe Newell scored that goal at Kilmarnock. It's like, great goal. Why don't you do it more often? And then he puts a cross in, like, last night, and Lewis Miller's coming in at the back post. I think, great, you know, can we, can we see more of this? And I think it's just like, you know, it's it's like we were saying about you, and Levitt. Like, there is that talent and that ability, and it's just that, I don't know whether it's confidence, I don't know whether it's belief, um, but just, you know, do it. Try it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what's the worst that can happen? And, you know, I think when you've got... I don't think... Don't want to sort of make this out to be him to be like a one or two man team because they absolutely are not. But I just think having having Miller in that right back position, I felt it got I felt it got the best out of Will Fish. I felt he he looked a lot more comfortable. Um thought he linked up quite well with Boyle on that right side. Mariah Welsh as well, sort of coming out wide as well. Just um I think it described him and Miller as the, the Bash brothers at one point. Um you know, it's that kind of fight and that dink um that have been missing for so long. And you know, just you know, you talk about talk about Mazzani as well coming off the bench. And I mean he was like a spider on roller skates against St. Mirren. It was just really you know, it's that sort of have you ever seen a football before? And then he comes off the bench and you think, wow, like this was 
I mean, I'd, I'd been saying before he came on that I, I was quite keen to see what he could do against Celtic centre-half pairing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he'd been on the park for too long when Brendan Rodgers decided to change things up. Um, you know, which is, I mean, maybe he was going to do it anyway, but it might also have been a comment to to how much uh, how much Mazzani was kind of putting the frighteners on, on the Celtic defence. And, you know, it's, it's, it's we've been saying for so long that Hibs, with the injuries and with the new guys coming in, they haven't really had that sort of, those impact players on the bench. But you look last night, you know, Mazzani comes on and makes an impact. Amos comes on and it's, you know, maybe a bit unfair to judge him because he is, he is sort of only midway through this sort of, the sort of like warming up period because he has had that injury. But, you know, I thought he showed at times, um, you know, what he can bring. Um, and it's it's just sort of, you know, you've, then you've got Mienda as well who can come on. Um you know, Emmy Marcondes, I know he wasn't in the squad last night, but you know, whether you've got him on the bench or sorry, you've got options. And I just think that, you know, Montgomery talked a lot on Tuesday in his pre-match press conference about, you know, the team needing time to gel and, you know, being able to kind of connect, link up, whatever you want to call it. And I think I think we saw a lot of that last night. And I think the potentially exciting thing is that it's it's obviously not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got You've got guys playing last night in the starting lineup who, you know, probably haven't spent a great amount of time with each other, uh, you know, in the sort of past few days, just because they've been traveling back from from international duty or you know they've been only recently signed, and you know it, it wasn't it wasn't that sort of disjointed performance that you sometimes get from a team where there are a few new faces. There was a lot of cohesion. There was a lot of sort of you know, really smooth like joined up play, and I think that's that's got to be a, a positive. Um, and you know the next step is like okay, right, gel together, put things to, you know, string passes together, make it more cohesive. And the next thing, obviously, is to just you know stick the ball in the net <laughs> because that's that's really it's it kind of feels like that's what was missing last night. And you know, yeah. Lord knows they were they were trying. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was we we talked. I mean, you did that piece earlier this week about him sort of like expected goals and chance creation, and how it was really really quite alarming because it wasn't it didn't make for great. Reading. Um, it was it was quite sort of quite concerning, I think. Um, just to kind of drop off from when Montgomery had first come in, and even though there were sort of like, if you're being a, a massive optimist, there were sort of slight signs of recovery. I certainly, think last night, um, you know, we did we did see a lot more of that. We, you know, different players getting in there as well. Triantis had a chance. Um, you know, Yuan has chances. Martin Boyle mm-hmm. has chances. And you just like it's it's just spreading spreading the chances throughout the team, which again is something they haven't had. And you know, managers are famed for for saying a lot of things that don't actually mean anything. You know, it's it's waffle, it's media talk. But it is starting to look like Montgomery saying, you know, we're missing several players, but when they're back, we'll be a lot better. It's, it's actually, you know, the same as telling the truth. So I think you know, it's obviously one swallow doesn't make a summer. It's one game that they've still lost. Um, you know, it was a far better performance on the weekend, but. Sorry, far better performance from the weekend, but mm-hmm. you know it's 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 now about building on last night's performance and taking the good bits and playing like that in every game. You know that has to be that has to be the sort of minimum. That has to be the benchmark. And you know Montgomery will be telling his players that the players will be telling themselves that that you know you want to see Lewis Miller legally, I should point out, thundering in the challenges to you know put the ball out of play and prevent an attack. You want to see. Um, you know, Mariah Welch getting in players' faces. You want to see, you know, Jordan Abita having that freedom to sort of canter down the left wing and fling a crossover. You want to see all of that in, in every game, not just, you know, big games under the lights, Easter Road. And, you know, obviously, we'll, 
we'll learn a bit more about this this team, um, this squad on, on Saturday at Inverness. But mm-hmm. I think this time, this time on Wednesday morning, I think there were probably a few head fans looking ahead to this weekend, and you know, with some trepidation. And obviously, not saying that after last night that that's all changed, but I certainly think provided the Tibbs can build on last night and play the way they played, then you know they, they should have a much better chance than. You know, if it was a repeat of, of the Samaritan performance. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that I suppose that is the major caveat that comes from last night's performance is that it actually it will mean very little if it's not backed up um on Saturday with, you know, a kind of a convincing day at the office. I'm not I'm not mean I'm not saying that Hibbs need to go out and score four or five, you know, against Inverness, but it just a, a performance hurt. well, obviously clearly it wouldn't hurt. Uh, <laughs> but just in terms of by convincing, you know, you just mean that all the performance result um it's kinda it's it's overdue really. Um yeah. so just to just to finish off uh, talking about last night, we'll, we'll just um obviously the, the second penalty, it's it's a heartbreaker. It's it is a real heart and especially for it to be Joe Newell because he's he had a great game last night, Joe Newell. It was a kind of it was a man's performance, captain's performance from him. He really um, you could see he was really hurting after the St Mirren game and um, mm-hmm. you know he didn't make any excuses for himself or anybody else but he looked like a guy who was you know determined to, tr- to channel that frustration again like Mariah Welsh I thought he was everywhere use of the ball was good um, so then it was it was a cruel one and it's it's an especially cruel irony that the two penalties were conceded you know Hibs at the weekend were accused of you know not being committed enough not putting bodies on the line and then <laughs> the the two penalties come from two guys just making honest attempts to do exactly that. You know, it's how's your luck? You know, it's yeah. It was maybe a wee bit. You know, it's you know. I think once obviously it goes to you know, you see the referee going to the screen. You know, I think uh, it's, it's so inevitable now. I think as soon as um, Nick Walsh started going to the screen, I, I remember seeing Callum McGregor picking up the ball and putting it on the spot. Like you just know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so what I mean, what did you make of that? I mean, it's it's a cruel one, and it's but he, he, it looked to me as though he has caught. Yeah, I think it's 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 always interesting that when you you get the chance to see something back, um, like a, an instant like that, when you get the chance to see it back so quickly as we could last night because it was a, a Sky Sports game, you sort of realise like how much you miss in real time, and. To be honest, like when when Newell made the challenge on Kyogo, I, I didn't really think anything of it. I thought he's, you know, he's tried to he's tried to block the shot. Kyogo's got the shot away. Keeper saved it. Fine. You know, it, it didn't actually really cross my mind that actually this could be a, you know, this could be a potentially worrying worrying time for him. Um, and you know, there's so many arguments you can make. Like, for instance, if he does that elsewhere on the park, it's probably a free kick. Um, and you know, you look at the replay and you think, okay, yeah, there, there is contact. It's it's difficult because obviously, like I say, on first view, and I thought that's outside the box. Um, I yeah. thought it was one of those where I, yeah, I thought Kyogo kind of fell into the box, if you like. And I think you see the replay sort of shortly afterwards, you think, okay, it's right on the line. But again, it comes down to that sort of clear and obvious and the amount of time that it took to decide it was a penalty suggests that it wasn't clear and obvious, and that's not why VAR was brought in. Just excuse me while I bang this drum again and again and again. <laughs> and, you know, it's 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 very easy to look at it and say, well, you know, if that was up the other end, would it have been given? And, you know, I'll just 
that could be a rhetorical question. We don't need to. We don't need to address that. Um, but you know, I, I think it's it is a tough one because obviously, you know, Joe Newell is not going in there to hurt the player. He's uh, you know, it's a genuine attempt to try and block the shot, which he does, and you know, he obviously catches Kyogo as well. And you know, you see the replay, you think, well, yeah, it's a penalty if it's you know if it's in the box, and it just looks like it's right on the edge of it. And it's just one of those things where you know if the challenge had been a split second earlier, it might have been outside the box, and you know it could have been it could be very different. Um, but yeah, like I say, I was I was a bit surprised at the time. Um, having seen it in real time, I just thought he's you know there's nothing in that, and then you know you see the replay and think, oh, actually, yeah, he has he has caught him. So it's it's hot. It's a harsh way to lose a game. It's you know especially harsh on Joe Newell. He's not. He, he doesn't really strike me as one of those players who's who's kind of rash, who sort of makes, um, you know, makes decisions or you know, <laughs> makes decisions without thinking. Essentially, um, just kind of throws himself into things. So, you know, he would have been sort of hurt more than most, I think, um, because it would have been a genuine attempt to try and yeah, you know, it was close the shot down before it was in the box. And it's like I say, it's it's just the length of time it takes. Like, how many times are you watching it to determine? Yeah, that's a penalty. Mm-hmm. And you know, without VAR, you know, maybe, maybe have to escape with a point. But you know, I just, I just go back to it. You say it's, it's not, it's not clear and obvious if it's taken that length of time. And you know, it, it kind of becomes a bit of a moot point whether or not it's a penalty because if you're having to spend that long deciding whether it is a penalty, then like I say, it's yeah. not clear and obvious. But I'm just, I'm just kind of done with it to be honest. I just think it's. <laughs> I mean, Nick Montgomery was talking about this as well, and he just said there were there were a couple of incidents that you know Hibs felt they should have had another look at the VAR. Martin Boyle's penalty incident was one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's difficult because you know that again, you know the real time effect it did look a little bit suspect. But then you know having seen the replay, you think okay, well you know there is contact, and you know we can't you know we, we surely can't get to a stage where if there's contact in the box, there's a penalty. But. You know, it's it's just I think you either need to use VAR for everything, and it you know games are just going to last three or four hours, or you just have to refine how it's being used. And you know I don't know how you do that, but it's yeah disappointing way to end the game. You know don't think it's deserved that you could argue that they should have taken their chances more, which you know is a fair comment. But you know I think at the end of the day, if you're losing at Celtic because you can see two penalties and you know you've got more shots than them, then you know that's Mm-hmm. It, in some ways makes the outcome even more difficult to take but I just you know I think like we've been saying throughout the, the course of this there has been there, there was a lot on show last night that I think Hibs can build on that they can you know take heart from and you know hopefully hopefully sort of the start of a, a bit of a turnaround um, a turnaround in form a turnaround in, in results because you know it is still I mean what's that two points from 21 now that's that's not a good record. It's it's poor, and I think you know Montgomery knows that. The players know that. But you know, I think that I think that they do have a chance now to sort of turn things around. Montgomery did this at Central Coast Mariners in his sort of early on in his tenure, mm-hmm. probably about the same length of time as he is into his Hibs tenure. That you know there were just a, there was a run of really bad results, um, and there were a run of results where they were conceding late goals. To either lose games or draw games from a winning position, which I think sounds very familiar. Um, but you know, looking at that, okay, he's repeated that at Hibs, but then he comes out of it, he comes out of this sort of bad run and you know strings a few good results together. 
And I think now they ask the testers whether or not they can actually do that. But, you know, I think, you know, based on last night's performance, if not result, there's, I think there has to be a, a certain degree of cautious optimism that, you know, the, the tide could be turning. Um, obviously, the players have to back that up on the pitch. But, yeah. you know, like I was saying earlier in, in this, you know, you would hope that the injustice or the perceived injustice of last night's result or just the manner of the defeat can really galvanise that Hibs team and, and give that kind of bit of a siege mentality, if you like, um, you know, to, to sort of go on and, and turn things around and actually start putting in the performances that you know, that, that we know they're capable of. Because um, yeah. Montgomery said this last night, you know, that performance, he says he's always known that the team's capable of that performance. So obviously they have it in them and it's, you know, now down to them just to make sure that they're showing it, um, you know, more often and more consistently. Yeah, definitely. And definitely reasons to feel a bit more positive, certainly, um, compared to even 24 hours ago. Um, I suppose the final kick in the teeth for Hibs was that um, Celtic, who have rotated through about 15 penalty takers this season, uh, finally find the guy to take them <laughs> when they come to Easter Road. He's stuck two away without even thinking about it. Uh, so again, how's your luck there? Um, yeah, I think we've covered everything from last night's game. Um I mean, obviously, a lot of talking points, um, but we're going to leave it there for today. Um, in terms of what's coming up, Hibs are doing their pre-match press for Inverness uh, today, so keep an eye on the site um, for updates uh, from that this afternoon and then later on this evening. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube and you'd mind doing us the huge favour of perhaps liking and subscribing this video, it really is much appreciated. Uh, makes a huge difference uh, for us to be able to keep bringing you these videos. Um, so as I said, yeah, keep an eye on the website. We'll have updates from Nick Montgomery um, at his press conference ahead of Inverness and we'll be back to preview that game over the next few days. So as always, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, have a good one. <laughs>